Hello and welcome to the weekly message podcast from Crozet United Methodist Church in Crozet, Virginia. We invite you to join us in person any Sunday for our contemporary service at 9.30 a.m. or for a more traditional service at 11 a.m. Please visit us online at www.crozetunitedmethodist.org for further information. We hope you enjoy this week's message from Crozet UMC. This is the day when Christians all over the world are preparing themselves for their Lenten journey. It takes time for us to get into the place where we can truly appreciate and celebrate Easter. And so it has been the tradition of the church since the very beginning, really, to pay attention to when Easter comes, the annual celebration of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And we pay attention to this in a myriad of ways across denominations. And so today there were plenty of people who said, Ash Wednesday, I thought that was a Catholic thing. And I said, well, you know, at one point, yes, but then there are those of us who are descended from Catholics, and so we've kept some things, not all of them, but we've kept some. And Ash Wednesday is a perfect time for us to focus on where thoughtfulness in the church tradition has really combined elements of scripture with the needs of our people throughout time. It's an opportunity for us to pay heed to what the scriptures say about ashes and dust and mortality. It's also a wonderful time for us to remember that death is not the end, that the mortality that we recognize in the ashes and the cross upon our foreheads, on our hands. Today, some preschool teachers got them on their forearms because they washed their hands multiple times throughout the day, or my son invented a new one, which is on the cheek. Uh, however you receive your ashes, it helps us to remember these things that at the beginning of our existence was nothing but our death. We were moving towards an inevitable death. And yet because God is not content to let us cease to be in relationship and cease to exist, God came to us in Jesus Christ and offered God's self upon the cross so that we would have the opportunity to accept not only grace, but the gift of eternal life. And this is what we celebrate in this incredibly bizarre way that it comes together in the life of the church. That sometimes it seems very strange that people would come with great joy to receive a symbol of death and mortality. Or that people would look forward to a season that is often much more stark and less jubilant in the world than that of Advent and Christmas. But Lent is a time for us to remember that God always has something more to say something more to do, and ultimately even more to give to us. And so Ash Wednesday is a time for us to begin to have great expectation for what God will say and do for us this year. What will it be that God reveals to us? In the scripture I read to you, it's almost toward the very, very end of the book of Job, and the whole story is quite a convoluted one. But ultimately, it began with God saying, look how amazing my servant Job is. Job is wonderful. And of course, that went all downhill from there. But at the end here, Job has spent countless, actually dozens of chapters asking for God to come and account for what has happened. Why have things gotten so bad in my life? Why have I suffered? Why have I lost? Why am I sick? Why is my body failing me? Why is all of this horrible things that keep coming into my life, why are they here? What is the purpose, Job wants to know. And finally, God shows up. 
But God doesn't answer the way Job expected. God shows up and says to Job, you know, you think you can understand, but let's just try to wrap your head around creation. Let's just start here. And if you, if you can hang with me as I talk about creation, then we'll see if we can get to your problem. Although Job can't. And what you got to hear tonight was this, that Job quoted what God had said. You know, I thought I understood, but I do not. I thought that I was exactly where I should be. I had heard who you are, but now I see you in a new way, and I recognize that I am not the one who knows it all or who has it all figured out. I still have room to grow and mature and deepen my understanding of who you are, almighty God. And so I'm not going to keep complaining. I'm going to hush, and I will repent for my boldness. I will repent for my rudeness. I will repent for the way that I thought that I knew more than I did, my arrogance in some cases. I repent in dust and ashes. Dust being the sign of our mortality. From dust we came and to dust we shall return. And ashes being a universal but also a very biblical sign of mourning. And so even as we rejoice at the gift of beautiful music or we rejoice at the opportunity to openly worship in this nation or we rejoice at the fact that we can come and gather with people that we know or that we are learning to know and we can appreciate all of these wonderful gifts, ultimately we know that these wonderful gifts have come to us through a lot of pain and suffering of our Lord and Savior, the continued pain and suffering of humankind throughout the ages because of human sinfulness. And because we are not quite yet where God wants us to be. There is still growth for every single one of us. And this is a time for us to pay heed to our need to deepen and to explore and understand. Hear God with new ears. See God with new eyes. And open our hearts to receive God in new ways. Sometimes I think I've heard it all. And then this year, our preschool children are extremely precocious. You know, I had an encounter a couple of weeks ago with a three-year-old who was trying to repeat the lesson in chapel back to me and apparently had not heard Holy Spirit, had heard Holy Moly Spirit. <laughs> a Holy Moly Spirit. That's, I haven't heard that one before. But J Jackson did give me permission to share that with you. Jackson told me I could have that one. Well, I thought that was great. We have the Holy Moly Spirit. And then today... One of the preschool mothers had to get out of the car and come to tell me that this morning her son was adamant that today Pastor Sarah was giving out hash brown ashes and crosses. <laughs> and I thought, well, that's a new one. I hadn't heard that before. Hash brown crosses. Can you imagine? That would be a really interesting breakfast, wouldn't it? And that's what he had heard, right? He hadn't heard ashes. He heard hash browns. And I thought, huh, okay, so I need to work on my diction a little bit, and I probably should bring some kind of example, because it is hard for a child sometimes of all ages to wrap their minds around what is happening. And I'll have people ask me, they say, well, whose ashes are they? <laughs> we're Methodists, we're not morbid. <laughs> but the ashes are the ashes of the palms from Palm Sunday. They are burnt in the tradition of the burnt offering from the Old Testament, burnt down to nothing but ash, and uh, they're, they're kind of pestle and mortared a little bit because otherwise they're rather chunky. And then these are combined with myrrh oil, the same oil that the wise men brought to honor Jesus upon his birth, the same oil that the women would have brought to the tomb on that first Easter to anoint the body of the dead. 
in order to pay homage one last time to Jesus. Fortunately, they came to the tomb and found neither ashes nor Jesus. And so these things now come together to remind us of mortality, to remind us that death is something that we would struggle with if it weren't for the gracious gift of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And when they come together, they kind of get like black tar. You'll see them momentarily. And they are perfumed. They smell like myrrh. And some people love that smell, and some people think that's quite a bit much. And so that's why you have the option of putting them where you would like them. Today, my son said, you know, people are coming up with all these great places to put ashes. I said, yes. He said, well, what if somebody wanted them on their belly? I was like, well, I would assume that a child would be asking me that. <laughs> and he said, well, would you have to go ask their parents? I said, well, usually children don't come forward without their parents for ashes, Luke, but I appreciate you covering my bases for me. <laughs> but what I want you to hear is that there is something about Lent that is perfect for children. There is a curiosity. There is a, a wonder. There is a desire to go <laughs> deeper into knowing and exploring. That's precisely what Jesus was saying to the apostles. You have to become like one of these. You have to be willing to be a child that would say the wrong thing. Oh, I thought you said holy moly. I thought you said hash brown crosses. I thought that God was saying this and God has graciously corrected me. I thought that I had it all figured out and lo and behold, there's still more to learn. There is still wonderful things for God to reveal. Wonderful gifts the joys that we have not yet experienced. And it might sound silly or kind of funny to think that those things would happen in the midst of Lent, a time of deep introspection, a time when Christians all over the world are giving up things so that they can publicly and privately suffer for lack of coffee and chocolate, a time when Christians are trying to get themselves to some point. But what point? Lent is not meant for us to anguish over. It's not meant to be a time for us to suffer and suffer and ultimately find ourselves dreading the coming of Lent. When we look in the scriptures about all the times of 40, 40 was a time of purification. It was a time of cleansing. It was a time to let things lie fallow. 40 days and 40 nights the rain fell in the Noahide flood, cleansing the earth of evil that would not be redeemed. And then we had the 40 days of Moses being an uninterrupted presence of God to receive those first commandments. We had the people who would not, by faith, walk into the gift of the promised land, and so they had to circle around for 40 years of wilderness wandering. And yet in those 40 years, God walked with them, and God fed them manna. We also hear about Jesus taking his 40 days and 40 nights to fast and prepare in the wilderness before his time of testing. At the age of 30, going 40 days and 40 nights without food sounds like a horrific endeavor, but Jesus did it so to prove to us that there is no distance and no time that Jesus would not cover for our benefit. And so Lent is 40 days, not including sun Sundays. It is a time for us to enter into a journey and may every day be as poignant as the 40 years of wilderness wandering with God, as preparatory as the 40 days that Jesus fasted. May it be as redemptive as the 40 days and nights of rain that cleansed to let something new come forth. May this be a time of us experiencing God's newness 
and experiencing the wonder and the glory that God has not only been preparing for us this Easter, but is preparing for us on our Easter, our day of resurrection, and our entrance into the kingdom to come. May it be so. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen. Thank you again for joining us for this week's podcast. We hope you found the message meaningful, and we invite you to join us in person as we gather for worship at Crozet United Methodist Church every Sunday at 9.30 a.m. and 11 a.m. Please visit us online at www.crozetunitedmethodist.org to learn about ways you can connect with God and your neighbors through the ministries of Crozet UMC. Have a great week.